Welcome to Amateur All Tours, the podcast where every week we sit down and have a discussion about a movie. I am your host, Mike, and joining me is my brother, Brian, and we would like to welcome you to Amateur All Tours. Alright, welcome to the show. As always, I am your host, Mike, and joining me... Hey guys, Brian. And uh, we would like to welcome you to Amateur All Tours for this special episode. Uh, Brian, why don't you take it away, because this was your idea, so... Yeah, okay. Uh, really, you know, I kind of wanted to shift up the formula a little bit because, you know, you guys, we have a movie where we just kind of sit down, talk about it. Well, right now, I kind of want to do something special where this is an episode dedicated, special episode dedicated to our Guilty Pleasure movies. Now, it's kind of different from the regular formula, like I said. Basically, in terms of we're going to talk about multiple movies, but, but not in depth as we usually do. We're probably just gonna mention them and then give brief synopses and then have a discussion about it a, a more brief discussion about it but why they're guilty pleasures and whatnot and i just thought it would be kind of fun um it's a little embarrassing but that's kind of the point guilty pleasure so you know here we are hope this should be fun this is kind of an experiment so that's it oh so, sorry, I uh, we're on Skype right now, and the internet cut out. So the whole thing, I uh, I just caught everything right now. But um, yeah, as Brian said, guilty pleasures. Uh, I completely agree. These will probably be embarrassing and kind of surprising, especially I feel like on my end, uh, at least for two of them, because they, I feel like they're movies that we would probably shit on normally. But, you know, I don't know. Let's just, I think this is going to be really fun. And uh, so I guess we'll just... I guess I'll go first. Um, I have three guilty pleasures. Um, should I should I talk about my, should I talk about one for me and then one for you? Or should we just go through mine and then go How many do you have? Uh, I just said... Oh, sorry. I kind of wasn't listening. Um, yeah, okay. So you start... And then I go, because I only have two, so you start, I go, you, me, and then we finish with your third one. Okay. So, my first one is a um, is a musical. It goes by the name of Grease. Um, oh, well, that's one of mine, too, so... Well, yeah, so... So, Grease. Um, so, the reason... This is one of my guilty pleasures. Well, first off, it's a musical, and for some reason, musicals hit me... In a place that not many films do. Um, going back to the pilot, when we talked about my top five movies, one of them was a musical, Sound of Music. And I think it's appropriate that a musical is in one of my guilty pleasures. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know really why. Um, I think, I remember first seeing Grease when I was around nine or ten years old. And summer was just beginning. So it kind of was like, I saw it right after whatever how whatever grade i was in school ended so it's a whole movie about school and then at the end they it all ends and they go to summer so i don't know it's kind of i think it's more i think the guilty pleasures it's more of a nostalgic hit and yeah i don't know brian what, what do you think yeah it's kind of the same thing uh, i think we had similar um i guess startings with it 
because uh, I remember for me, it was, we were like in middle school, and I remember they had, we were at the beach, and they had a, uh, you know, we're playing Greece during this time, whatever, and I was like, oh, Greece, whatever, um, and I and I really liked it, Um, so I guess in that nostalgic sense, it brings me back to a better time, a much simpler time, but also, for whatever reason, when I watched the movie, it kind of, because, you know, we're out of high school, we've said, we're in college, and it it reminds me of a much simpler time. Uh, where we didn't have to really think about responsibilities. We could just go home and see our friends every day and do whatever the hell we wanted. Um, and I feel like that the spirit of Greece really encaptures like that innocence of even though everybody is you know thirty years old. I think John Travolta is like the youngest guy and he's twenty four or something. Everybody's an old like everybody's an adult, but it does a good job of capturing that I guess innocence. And like uh, teen angst that like everybody experiences, but not in the uh, over the top, you know, greaser and cheerleader, you know, stereotypes of the '50s. But even in the sense, I think it we all can kind of relate to it. Even if even if you don't like musicals, we can all kind of relate to that, you know, high school romance or the I guess um, energetic nature of it all. Um, that's why I like it a lot, and also I just, I guess this is the part where we kind of go into specifics, I guess. What do you, what do you mean? I guess, like, I guess we pick and choose moments, I guess, that we like especially about it. Oh, like, I, yeah, I I'll guess. just, I'll just say, um, I mean, I love the casting of, um, I mean, obviously John Travolta, I like him, but, um, uh, Olivia Newton-John, I love her, Sandy, she's just like, she has like this, uh... Just this sweet and just beautiful nature to it. Not not only is she just, you know, stunning, but she is just such a charm, you know. She gives you that little glint in her eye and you just happen to fall in love with her. Um I love I like the music too. Um just like all music. Um but you know, that uh, you go, Mike. Yeah, I mean I guess I mean as like like you said, I mean, you you seem to have a more intelligent reason why you like it as opposed to my more simple answer of just i i like the movie um i guess another thing is that nostalgic factor and summer was a big deal when you were a kid so you kind of remember summers more um but i mean i guess if i want to pick and choose what i like about the 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 movie well i i singing like why i like musicals so much is just that singing to me me is so amazing in that just I can't do it, <laughs> and I try. Brian, you you hear me try, and it's just god fucking awful. But I always like hearing people sing. It's one of my favorite like pastimes going to see people who can really sing, and everyone in this movie can sing. Um, Olivia Newton-John, obviously John Travolta, um, just pretty much the, the whole ensemble of cast. But really those two, and so. And whenever I listen to it, I don't know, it just it just brings back memories of just, like, high school and things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I you seem to have a more intelligent answer as opposed to my, I just like it. <laughs> um, yeah, fuck it. But, like I said, it's a guilty pleasure. I feel like guilty pleasures, you don't really need a reason. You don't need to a rhyme or reason. Like you, like, just, okay, you just for, like, like it. Like, for example, like, uh... Uh, someone that I'm talking to that I'm editing their uh, film reviews for, uh, we were having a big discussion about films, and Guilty Pleasures came up, and I was telling him about these. Like, oh, what's yours? And he told me that the cat in the hat was his. 
That shitty Mike Myers movie? See, I was like, wait, did you mean the original? Um, I'm assuming there was an original, or, like, there was, that Mike was Myers. And I'm like, wait, what? Because this guy had really... He, ha- he has really good views on film and movies that he sees and watches, and he can articulate his points really well. Wow, that's well. a so good really guilty kinda, pleasure movie. That movie sucks. Yeah, it threw me off, and I'm like, wait, 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 what? And he's and he said, oh, yeah, it just makes me laugh. I can't explain why, but it just does. I'm like, oh you know what, God. teach his own. Good for you. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, yeah, that, that, that's, and, um, that's, that's, that's what a guilty pleasure is. So Yeah, and it's funny. Like, y- you could read his reviews, and you wouldn't get that at all from him, that he likes a movie like that but you know what like it goes into the whole point of guilty pleasures um so i say i say um good on you for for really digging that movie but you know i think that pretty much kind of wraps up grease i mean i don't really have anything to say other than i just love musicals i love singing uh or people that do it well um i love seeing like stage plays and things like that i think that's why like another reason why musicals hit deep with me is because i love going to musical like theater and i have some really fond memories associated with the theater and musicals um like growing up and even in like the present um and so i think that's kind of a reason i think once eventually once we get the sound of music i think it's kind of a half it's kind of a mixed bag of like i really think it's a good movie and also kind of like a nostalgic factor but um yeah so musicals are awesome and now brian going into your i guess your second one your second guilty uh, pleasure which i think i already know what it is and it almost made my list but nah okay all right sorry for that guys uh just some technical difficulties with the wi-fi but continuing the thought so brian why don't you can um why don't you go off of your second guilty pleasure? Um, I feel like I think I already know what it is, and I think I was thinking about it putting it on my list, but I figured, nah. Yeah, well, this one's another musical. It's um, it's Annie, the nineteen eighty two one, I think. Not that fucking shitty remake that they just made. Uh, no way. That's I didn't even bother watching that movie because I didn't want that associated with disgracing your your Annie. It just looks so terrible. It's like I don't know. I I don't think that it was terrible. I, I didn't see it. I saw I, I saw like clips, but I don't think that it was terrible. I just think that they were trying to cash in on something that they shouldn't have yeah, been touching. Yeah, fuck that. I don't appreciate they, they, that. I think they, no, I think they wanted to make just a modern day Annie with just like J- Jamie Foxx is in it. Um, it, it was. I think they were trying to make Annie just in a modern day with modern day um, issues. I don't know. I didn't I see the know. movie. I didn't even give it a chance because, I don't know, I I just appreciate Annie, the 80s version, as it is because I absolutely love it. Alright, um, well, why don't you go into why? Yeah, well, like I said, it's another musical. Um, I actually com- completely forget what date it was actually made. I want to assume 1982, that's just off the top of my head, but it's in the 80s. Um, you guys should know, I guess, like, I guess, there was something called like, Little Orphan Annie. I wonder if that's what it is. But regardless, it was on Broadway for a number of years. Um, I came across it, Mike and I came across it, we just owned the VHS tape. It, it um, had um, stars like Carol Burnett 
and Tim, Tim Curry, Curry post uh, Rocky Horror. Uh, anybody else? Oh, and um, Daddy Warbucks was somebody. Oh, he was the guy in Big Fish. Yeah. Uh, he's like a famous guy too. Eh. He's uh. someone. But and then Annie is also important because funny enough, she is from the area that we grew up in. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, because our grandparents told us that she went to like the same church that they did. And that was just interesting. And like she sang in the choir, and uh, I think I looked her up at one point. I don't remember her name, but it said, "Oh, she she grew up in, like it was confirmed that she grew up in the area we grew up in." It's like, wow, yeah, that's a weird coincidence. Yeah. So, like in terms of why I like this movie, I don't really know why. And I guess I guess the the essence and core of a guilty pleasure movie is is I I feel like nostalgia is always something that is attached to it. And I feel like, because we like, I like the music regardless, so I, I think that's why as a kid I kept watching it. And then, you know, now it just kind of turned into something that I really just started to admire, and then the music. I'm a musician, so maybe that is something to do with it, while, while they're all musicals. I mean, I think going off the music and the nostalgia that go hand in hand, um, honestly, this music, I, I it, we just finished finals um, with school, we finished... Another year of school, and I'm not gonna lie. When in the most hectic of times, uh, not even just this semester, but I mean mostly this year. I didn't really do it too much last year, but this semester when I was freaking the fuck out about some class or swimming or my own projects or just my own life, I remember just put just putting on YouTube and pulling up uh, the first song that was sung in the movie. I think it's called Maybe. Well, yeah, it's like, that's, I feel like that's the, uh, there's like a term for it in musicals, but that's the, the song that constantly is finding itself rooted in like other different sections of the, the play, so to speak. Um, it's not the overture, but it's something that is always being repeated. Cause I, I remember she sang that song a couple different times. So well, I don't even think, I think she sings it once or twice and then. There's like a reprise of yeah, the girls. all the girls in the orphanage Which singing is it. Awesome. Oh, and then De- and then Mr. Warbuck sings it at one point. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's a constant like. Well, it's the reminder. song maybe. Or, so it, yeah. I guess it's like it, they're aspiring hopes or something. But actually, talking about the reprisal of the song when the girls sing it, that's really cool when they sing it. It's really amazing. Some of those girls, um, the way Their they voices. sing it, how well they do. Yeah, I always like. I, I always like um, hearing people sing in a group. I don't know why. I always like a melody of voices. I, I don't know why. I like because harmonies are cool. That's why. Yeah, it's true. Like and like, I mean, to be completely honest, kind of on the same tangent. Um, I I like um, I like I, yeah, I like, I like hearing people sing in harmony together, especially. Like military band, like I, I think like all either like the same sex, uh, uh, like ensemble pieces, like, like either like all male or all female, mostly all male. I don't know why. Like I like army cadences just because of the the way the the voice sounds went together in those like uh, I guess similar notes. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's I think the music is very very good also it's it's a really fun movie especially with carol burnett she really elevates it as miss hannigan just i i've never seen any other um any other i guess version of this i've never seen it on broadway i've never seen those other god-awful adaptations but 
Well, I assume, like even for me, Carol Burnett in general just adds such an an elevated level of comedic just presence that even like Tim Curry to an extent offers, but really it's Carol Bur- Carol Burnett is honestly the, the I guess the the core foundation as Miss Hannigan, and it's just like really funny in like a very pathetic way, but that's the point. Yeah. Um, and but then at the end she has a redempt redemptive moment. So, yeah. you know, I mean, even, even when the shit really starts to hit the fan, she's always saying the one... She loves Annie. That She loves all those girls, even though she's just a drunkard and acts like she hates them. I think what makes this movie successful... Now, we've never seen the stage play, but my... what I, A pattern that I find with, with like, films that take... That are, that are based off of uh, stage adaptations is that they always lose that stage magic... That makes sense. So, um, a big like okay. So, for example, like a big critique of the producers, the musical was that it lost its stage kind of magic. And the same, I think, the same can be said about Les Les Rob. Um, I thought that none of that sc- that stage presence was was there. None of that magic. It just seemed artificial. Whereas in this. I think everything works because there's that natural chemistry between all of the characters and I think – I don't know. I think it was just made in a uh, in a way that you can't really recreate and I, th- I, don't, I maybe that's just the natural chemistry, the story. I don't know. Something was – everything it seemed to be clicking and yeah, so I think it just works as a movie. But I think also it's funny like we – making it – like a guilty pleasure, like we still reference it today, just in because that's that's our humor between uh, between you and I is we just reference movies, and Annie always makes its way in there every now and again. Um, yeah, like I think one of the biggest well, <laughs> what 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 your my favorite one of you is um the turn the kitchen light off. It's my favorite oh, yeah. one. It's like it's so in the film. It's they're uh, about to go to the movies. Annie has never seen a movie before, so of course they take her to Radio City Music Hall, and <laughs> they're leaving. And one of the one of the lines that Mr. Warbuck says is "Turn the kitchen light off," and Brian says that all the fucking time, and it's always funny. Um, I'm trying to think. Of I remember like else. whenever we're like pissed at each other. I remember we always said like "I love you, Miss Hannigan" or some shit, and like yeah. to like ease the tension a little bit. I Just guess. be like a smartass. Yeah, but it's, I mean, like I'm saying, like, we reference it through, we still reference it, and we're 20, almost 21, we saw this movie, we had to see this, I don't even remember the first time I saw this, which, so that goes back to show how, how long, how like, how long deeply seated it's been in us. It was on fucking VHS, so that should say something. Which VHS needs to come back, dude, I miss VHS. Hey, that, I found all our old tapes, so. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we still have a VHS player thank god um but yeah so annie what else do you have to say about annie is there anything else um i mean seeing tim curry in it like i mentioned before is always awesome to see especially a young tim curry when he still like did musicals and stuff um uh uh let's see what else um i mean the production's really good it's a fun movie if you guys haven't seen it Definitely check it out. It's worth your time. Yeah, and just to make sure we get the year, because there have been a lot of adaptations. Uh, Annie, um, let's see. I think it was 1982. 1982. 
Yes, it was 1982. Hell yeah, I was right. Okay. Yes. So, that is the adaptation we are referring to. Yep. Leaping fucking lizards. Hell yeah. Let's <laughs> let's keep going. All right. So, I guess Oh, well. Yeah, that was that yeah, was because we had the same first uh first impre- or I'm sorry, the first uh guilty pleasure. So, I guess we'll just end off on my two. So, my second one is a little little uh little small film by the name of the bench warmers now i feel like these are all just going to be nostalgic hits for me but this one is something really special in that i remember so my so our parents um my dad had moved to maryland oh we're originally from pennsylvania and our dad moved to maryland for his job and our mom was in uh pennsylvania for her job and so we had to visit, uh, just visit every now and again. And I remember in the summer, it'd be me, my brother, and my dad. And we'd always have, like, movie rental night. Uh, the two movies I remember specifically watching with our our dad was Fantastic Four and The Benchwarmers. Now, I remember Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Yes. Because that fucking bitch was three VHS tapes, man. And oh that was God. fun as hell. Yeah. Man, I completely forgot about we that. We shouldn't have really been watching that movie because we were like, what? What? It's not that it was violent or anything. I just had no idea what the fuck was going on. Dude, it was still fun as hell. I remember that. But yeah, anyway, anyway, so I remember the Benchwarmers being one of them. And it's funny enough because I remember seeing the trailer for this movie when however the however old I was. And I, I remember thinking it, they said the Bitchwarmers. I'm like the bitch warmers, what? The fuck? I'm like this baseball movie. What does this have to do with it? And then I found out it was the bench warmers. And I remember we went to the blockbuster. Jeez, this this episode is just filled with nostalgia. Um, so we went to a bench warmers, and I think our dad was like, we did, we're just gonna watch something like stupid. Just we sit back, it's a comedy, and they're like, oh, the bench warmers. We watched it, and it's still my ultimate feel-good movie to this day whenever i feel really bad i always bring it to school with me and i just throw it on on my laptop and i just have a good time with it uh just bring it just evokes memories of chilling with my dad and my brother and just not having a just giving a shit about anything um it's also about baseball and that brings back memories as a kid now i played baseball didn't necessarily enjoy it especially when i got older just because people started taking it way too fucking seriously, but it, it. But I remember playing baseball kind of like in a sandlot setting with just our buddies in the summer. So it evokes really positive memories, and it's also one of the movies that I think Rob Schneider isn't unbearable. Yeah, uh, he's actually like sympathetic and like you actually like him. Yeah. So I actually I actually like him in this movie. Um, it's. I, I forget that it's Rob Snyder and like he just plays a really I like his character. Yeah, it doesn't um, play and like then a we have Napoleon Dynamite, like John Heater in here, following eh. Napoleon Dynamite, where he was like kind of on a a bender of just movie random ass movies. He doesn't really do much now, and of course the great David Spade. And speaking of like Annie and movies, we quote we definitely still fucking quote this movie to this day. The only thing I really remember us quoting is like Megamit. I remember that. Well, or. <laughs> Um, trying to, I mean, there's, I will make it. I remember when I was like almost 14 or so, I would always say like, you're not a sword or like things like oh, that. Oh yeah. You would say that. Like even today, I don't think you heard we still, me. We still quote it. I just don't remember. It's just kind of like, 
small things are like bring it suck it oh. yeah like things like that um i don't know it's it's i just i think it's a funny movie um it's a feel-good movie there's nothing it's i mean i don't want to say it's a positive message i mean it's kind of like contrived just don't bully like, it's a, it's a, it's a positive message include everybody that's true that's true because the ending is also nice um yeah it's nice um yeah, I I like the Benchwarmers. Uh, it's definitely my feel good movie. It's just like one of those things that I can just because there's like I said, it's a feel good movie that doesn't have many negative emotions, and they try and like tackle issues like that. I guess in the movie, um, so I I can sit there and not feel bad. I can just be like, oh, people are getting in like it. There, it's a positive message, so I feel good watching it, and it, in turn also invokes those nostalgic memories. Do you yeah. have anything to say about? Benchwarmers, huh? Did you have anything to say about Benchwarmers? Uh, nothing much. I think I just saw a cockroach on the ground. Anyway, no, not really. Um, like I really like the movie. Um, you know, it's kind of the same way for you. I don't watch it nearly as much as you do, but when I do watch it, I have fun with it. Um, mainly, you know, because because it's so simple and it's just like it's kind of panders to our interest too. Because you know, we I love baseball. I like playing baseball. <clears throat> also, I, it's a message I can really get behind. It's include everybody uh, with the no, the no bullying thing. Yeah, even it's even I always I feel enjoy. for the people who get just kind of shit on in the movie, but they always feel included in the end anyway. So it's always good. But yeah, I always feel always, bad. It's always for... nice. It's always just like, I, I yeah, I agree with you. Include everyone. Uh, I, that's kind of a motto I like to live by. I fucking hate bullies. I can't stand that shit. I hate it when people get picked on, even if it's. Like, even in school today, or, like, in school now, when people get picked on, I'm just like, hey, fuck off. Like, stop being an asshole. So, I, it's something that I can really, it's a message that I really want to get behind, and I wish, I just hoped everyone would follow it. So, that is my second guilty pleasure. And my last one is, uh, I'm not really well sure how it's going to be well-received. Uh, I brought it up in our Punch Drunk Love review. I don't remember what this one is at all. It's, um, <laughs> it is Grown Ups. Oh, right. With the, the, um, slew of, uh, of comedic actors. It's, it's the same, it's the same, it's actually the same people who made, uh, um, Benchwarmers. It's it's the Happy Madison company. Yeah, yeah it's So Adam obviously Sandler's, it's the same actors. So yeah, it's Adam Sandler's production company. Um, I'm Unfortunately, to, let's see if I can. What? Unfortunately, it's his production company. I use. I think besides you know, I think Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore are Happy Madison, but also yeah, no, that's the it. Benchwarmers and Grown Ups. Everything else I think is just total shit. So I think Blended also. I don't even know what that movie is. It's another. It's it's an. I mean, I would consider another feel, or guilty pleasure. I mean. I've only seen it once or twice. It's one of those movies that has a good message. What's it about? It's like Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Uh, it's another one of their like well, not get together movies. It's something like I'm trying to remember. I saw it last year at school with a bunch of people, um, which which is probably why I didn't think it was that bad. But it was like it was like two families. They're one. I think Adam Sandler's wife died. He has two daughters, and then Drew Barrymore. She is a piece of shit husband and two sons, and they get they win this like resort vacation or something like that. And then, but they have to like go together. And for some reason, they had a fight in the beginning, and then they cut closer together, and then they get together, and 
I don't that know. sounds really stupid. It's not bad. It's it's like the bench warmer. It sounds fucking retarded, but it has like like a feel good message. That sounds like every generic uh, Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler movie ever. But I mean, I don't really necessarily dislike the movies that they're together, though. I'm just saying they're all the same, and it's not really original. That's that's my it's problem just, with Adam I Sandler. I think the purpose of their movies, like when they're together, is just to feel good. Yeah, whatever. It's anyway, not, it's not to be like we oh, we're winning Oscars. Because I actually like cinema. grown ups, so. Huh? I actually like Grown Ups, so let's just talk about that. Alright, well, so Grown Ups, see if I can remember everyone that's in it. Like, okay, let's just do, the, like, the males. Because, so there's Kevin James, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, David Spade. Am I missing anyone? Um, did you, did you say Rob Schneider? No, that's who I was missing. Yeah, and yeah. also the wives is Sam- uh, Salma, Salma Hayek. Hayek. Is that, what's her name? Salma Hayek. Okay, yeah, she's in it. She's yeah, hot. Um, Maya Rudolph, who is actually Paul Thomas Anderson's wife. Which one's Maya? Is she the blonde one? No, she's the, uh, I guess, like, Latino one. She's not exactly Hispanic, but... Is she Chris Rock's wife? Uh, I think. She's the one who g- is pregnant, I think. Okay, yeah. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's Paul Thomas Anderson's, uh, fucking husband, wife. Uh, <laughs> um, and who else? I don't remember anybody else, really, that are the women. I don't know, a sassy black woman, the grandma, a dog. I don't know. I, I, it says not re- the kids. I don't know. Fuck. I feel like the kids are people too, but I don't really They're, care. They were cat, yeah, probably not. Anyway, um, so this again, nostalgic hit came out in 2010. So this was like eighth grade going into high school. It was that summer. So this was a summer movie. What we mentioned with Greece, like summer was a big deal when you were a kid. So summer always invokes memories, at least for me, of really just kind of happy, easy going. And eighth grade for me was really when I came out of my shell and I started the process of becoming who I am today. Um, I started my movie collection when I was in when I was in eighth grade. When I was, I guess I was thirteen, fourteen years old, and. I started, I guess, I guess, reading more. I started reading mature books. I mean, I, I mean, I was reading mature stuff that I probably shouldn't have handled. But I, when I was fourteen, I started understanding what I was reading. Like I read Stephen King's It. I used quote quote unquote read um, when I was how old was I? Eleven years old. Uh, but yeah, you I were, of course. I remember you were way too young to be reading that. But book. But I of course didn't understand what was going on um and it's also like a a, like a thousand plus page book so um but yeah but like eighth grade i was rereading and i started understanding it i started thinking mature thoughts things like that i mean as mature as a 14 year old can be but i don't know i just started becoming who i am now and that kind of resonates really deep with me uh, because it reminds, Grown Ups reminds me so much of that time for me. And oh, again, I, I think eighth grade for me is the definition of simplistic times. Like what you were saying earlier, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really like even thinking back that far. It was, life was so easy back then. I don't even remember what the hell I did after school. Like, I mean, I just hung out. Yeah, I mean, in the spring we would. Well, in the fall we were on the soccer team. I sucked at soccer, by the way. Well, that's. A, I had no place being on that team. Yep, you're on the team anyway. Um, and then winter. 
I don't know, we'll lit fireworks or something with our neighbor. I don't know. Some stupid shit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What stupid 14-year-old kids did, played paintball, played airsoft, played yeah. video games. That's when we got our Xbox. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's when we, we got started getting into video games um, or, like, really mature video games or popular video games. And and then the spring, we ran track. So. that Yeah, that's true. So, it, and it just, like great time i think i like yeah it was just it's just a great relaxed time so this this movie really hits that home for me and and the humor is really similar with the bench warmers it's just like uh really straightforward humor it's nothing it's not like dr strange love or anything but and it's humor but it uh i don't know it it, it serves its purpose and it's just a feel-good summer movie yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's like this movie is like almost the definition of a feel good movie, because it's like there's no real actual struggle besides like you know uh, family tensions that it's like oh I have to go with my supermodel wife to Milan or hang out with my friends and then I hang out with my friends. Well, the and, whole movie is based off of nostalgia. No, I'm like, just saying. Like no, but also, the- but even the actual. Um, the what is it the actual struggle that the movie presents is that they have to replay these douchebags who they beat in basketball all these years ago yeah. it's like that's the main struggle so it's like you go into it uh already not really you're invested into these people cuz it's fun but already it's not even like a huge investment in terms of what's going to happen it's just have fun you lay back and have fun i mean honestly like i feel like the plot is just like like that's this basketball game is or like this coach is like just well, the reason they get together is because their coach, who brought them all together, passed away, and they go to his funeral. And then this basketball game acts as, like, the conflict. But um, it's not about that. It's all about reconnecting with family and friends and remembering the past but not living in the past. Um, and just kind of coming to terms with getting older but accepting those like differences as you get older yeah so i don't know again it's like it's a really simple but good message and i i just wish that he like happy madison just kind of made movies like the bench warmers and grown-ups because like yes they're really stupid movies but movies like jack and jill and oh fuck uh, grown-ups 2 like grown-ups 2 should just be completely stricken because that it just takes everything that's good about the movie, like the grown-ups, and then tries to piggyback on it and then fails completely. And then Jack and Jill was horrible. I think yeah. I feel like that Pixel movie. I feel like that was Happy Madison because literally the same people are in it. That was horrible. Um, I don't know. I just wish Adam Sandler just would start making movies that makes him happy because he just looks like a miserable sack of shit. No, I don't want him to make movies that'll make him happy. He's been doing that for like. No, he, these movies don't make him happy. He does why does he for... make them? They suck. What? Why does he make these movies? I don't know. They are terrible. I don't know, but like he looks, like he look like he needs to make movies like Punch Drunk Love or like, like he looked genuinely happy in Blended. And like I said, I didn't think Blended was that bad of a movie. It, it, like especially if you look at it from this perspective of like it's a nostalgic. It it it's not trying to take your money. Well, I don't know. People would argue about that. But it doesn't matter. I just... I don't know. I like movies like this. That he makes. Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah. So I guess that wraps up Grown Ups, and I don't know. Can you think of a third rounded off with an even six? Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to like think of a movie that I like and not everybody else likes. Um, let's see. Uh, I know there's something out there. Let's see. What are movies that I really like that nobody else likes? Well, there's well, a lot of them, like, but not like for the right reasons. Movie. What? Like a guilty pleasure movie. I, I know, obviously. Well, you're saying like I don't know, whatever. Uh, hmm. I don't know, because I'm trying to think of, like, a movie that, like, I just constantly can, like, go back to and just have fun with. Um, I can't really think of anything right. I definitely know as soon as I we stop this podcast, I'm going to think of something, but right now I can't. So, well, I am what they say fucked. So, no. Alright. Well, I guess that pretty much concludes this this special episode of um amateur tours with guilty pleasures um yeah it was just something that we just got off of school uh we're pretty much done for the summer we actually uh just kind of updating at the time of this recording we kind of tried to plan our schedule and we have up to i have it pulled up we have up to 57 episodes including the ones that have already been recorded And so that'll be fun. We have a lot of good movies coming up, even like different ones that we hope you guys would appreciate. Even if you haven't seen it, just give it a watch. Um, But you guys will figure that out before we go. Um, I feel like most of the movies here, though, that that are like I'm looking at the list. (laughs) Excuse me. I feel like most of these movies, most people have seen. I Um, hope so. And I'm not going to give away like what movies are on here. Just because I want, like, I want them to be surprises for our audience, but um, yeah, I I feel like most of these movies are really well known because that's what we should cover at first is movies that are extremely well known, uh, before we jump into like extremely obscure shit. But I also don't really watch that obscure. That I don't want to go into obscure shit ever because there's a lot of good mainstream movies out there, and even also movies like um, like even like Punch Drunk Love. That's not obscure per se, but it's not in the public eye a lot. So I think that's like a good balance. But I don't want to go like really obscure because then I definitely don't want to go where a movie where like nobody's seen it. Um, but then again, I want them to see Wait, it. Well, so we that's a good did avenue. That with the dirties, huh? We kind of did that with the dirties. Actually, that's a good point. But that's really easy to find. I feel like if you have a Netflix account, yeah, because you can't find it on DVD. Uh, as far as I know, it's not on DVD, which sucks. I feel like that conversation was worth having anyway, because that movie says a lot with so little. So. Yeah, it's a very, very good movie. Yeah. But, um... A lot of good shit coming up, guys. Like, I'm looking at the list, too, so it's going to be a lot of fun talking about this and having you guys listen to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. So, um, yes, like I said, uh, this concludes this episode special episode of amateur all tours we um we'll see you next week or next episode where we uh we've teased it before another found footage but i guess i'll give another hint in that it's to me it is one of the most influential indie films or low budget films that have been made i don't think it's the most important but it's definitely at a top three yeah mike i have a question for you Right now? Yeah. Where's the fucking map? Mm. That's a hint. So, yeah. 
Okay. We done? Yeah, we are done. So, thank you everyone for listening, and uh, we will see you next episode. Yep. Adios. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur All Tours. If you like what you've heard, want to leave a review, or even make a possible suggestion for Brian and I to discuss, you can follow us on Instagram at The Amateur All Tours, on Facebook at Amateur All Tours Podcast, or even send us an email at The Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, The Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. That is one word. Cover design was composed by Sarah Jacobs. You can find more of her work at our own website, Digital Adventures. Opening and closing theme was performed by the CCH Jazz Ensemble, which was found using a Creative Commons search. Once again, we would like to personally thank you for supporting the show. Stay tuned for future episodes, be sure to let us know what you think, and thank you once again.